0: Hi, welcome to my Leadership Podcast, which is part of our ministry-equipping website, wilsonliling.com. In this website, we provide all types of content, especially to deal with leadership, the prophetic intercession, as well as various blog articles, video sermons, and quotes. We trust that you take a look at it, and if you like it, please let your friends know. Today, in my leadership podcast, I'm going to talk about dealing with setbacks and moving forward. You see, in life and ministry, we will be confronted at various times with setbacks. Setbacks can be enormously discouraging, even disillusioning. At such times, many may be tempted to shrink back. But God is not pleased with people who shrink back in their faith. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38. It says, But my righteous one will live by faith, and if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. Leaders in particular, we ought to learn to deal with setbacks and continue to move the group or organization forward. Setbacks are not necessarily a bad thing. Indeed, it can be very helpful for our learning and growing. Lauren Cunningham tells the story of YWAM's first purchase of a ship for their missions. Having received a prophetic vision of a ship, they stepped out in faith to raise the funds and they deposited a down payment for an old ship. And it was with great enthusiasm that they began to restore the ship and everything seemed to be going well. Then one night, Lauren Cunningham had a dream where they had completed restoring the old ship and commissioned it. Uh, Yet, as it set sail, there was a lone figure left behind on the dock. It turns out to be Jesus. You see, they had got so caught up with the ship that they actually lost focus on Jesus himself. Since that day, everything began to unravel and they could not raise enough funds to complete the purchase of the ship. As a result, they lost the ship. Cunningham had to call their major sponsor of the ship to inform the gentleman that the huge sum that he had invested has been lost. The sponsor was very gracious. He said, the most important thing is that your organization has learned the lesson that God intended. So how should we approach setbacks? I will recommend the following five actions for us. The first thing that we need to do is this. We need to be to recognize it is time. Time to go back to God. In 1st Samuel chapter 30, the Amalekites, they raided Ziklag while David and his men were away. They took all their families and their possessions. And the men were so bitter, they, they even wanted to stone David. The Bible says, 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6, David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. But... David found strength in the Lord his God. That is such an important sentence. When setbacks occur, it is important not to remain discouraged. But we have to pick ourselves up. We've got strength. You see, discouragement robs us of strength. Don't give in to it. Because when we're feeling negative, feeling weak, feeling defeated, we will never be able to make objective decisions, nor decisions of faith. Have you seen balloons that have lost some of the air or helium? Deflated balloons cannot float far. They, they sink to the ground. Similarly, the discouragement drags us down and stifles faith. There are many occasions, or there have been occasions, where I got deflated only a few times, but I always get back to God and into His presence quickly and because that's where I find strength, where I allow, where I allow the wind of the Holy Spirit to fill my heart and renew my spirit. It is, it is there that our minds can realign with God, where we can get back to God's perspective and that there's a deep joy and a freshness in the Lord that we can find nowhere else. Many years ago, a, a mentee of mine, a young leader, fell into sexual sin. I cried with him when he confessed to me. I was discouraged after having sowed so much into his life. But I went back to the Lord and drew strength from God. and God helped me resolve to restore this young man. Fortunately, I was able to help him be restored in God and today he's still serving the Lord faithfully. As leaders, we must find strength in the Lord so that we do not give up. The second key I want to share today is that we need to realize it's also a time to learn the lessons. You see, when the Israelites were defeated at the battle of Ai, Joshua sought God for the reason. The Bible records for us in Joshua chapter 7 verse 10 to 11. The Lord said to Joshua, "Stand up. What are you doing down on your face? Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant which I commanded them to keep. They have taken some of the devoted things. They have stolen. They have lied. They have put them with their own possessions." So, just as the Israelites, they they had to learn the hard lessons. We need to ask ourselves, what lessons do we need to learn from the setbacks we encountered? It is critical to learn the lessons that God wants us to learn. If we're not learning them, then we will only repeat the same mistakes and face the same setbacks again. So we have to ask ourselves, did we do anything wrong? Sometimes we may even need external help to help us realize what we did wrong. That is why church consultants are sometimes hired. And this is why our regional and national leaders would at various times sit down with some of our pastors and talk through some of the setbacks in hope that they will learn from it and perhaps be able to navigate through it. At one stage, some leaders in my church complained that we were too rigid in some uh, areas. But when I analysed it, they were the ones who were implementing things too rigidly or they were under leaders who were too rigid. Indeed, I had advised some of these leaders to be more flexible. You know, I came to realise that different leaders have certain slants and leaders tend to implement things according to their own slant which may be different from what we originally intended. We have to be aware of such things. It did reveal to me the importance of adequate supervision. And this is part of an important process of self-analysis that we need to become better at. Another question we can ask. We can ask, are we lacking certain knowledge or skills that contributed to the setback you see, without adequate knowledge, we may have underestimated the situation or just misread the, the context. Consequently, we may have made it worse. I saw a cartoon once, and it depicted a wife who was sending a plumber to the basement of a house, which was totally flooded neck high. And she told the plumber, my husband said he could fix anything, including this leak. So if you, if you find him there, tell him, I was right. Without adequate knowledge, we fail to adequately understand how to deal with situations that arise. We can also ask ourselves, did we make adequate preparations to deal with potential challenges? You know, the Boy Scouts, they have a famous motto, be prepared. So it is unwise to jump into projects, uh, especially bigger ones, without adequate preparations for potential challenges and setbacks. In fact, Jesus taught in Luke chapter 14, verse 28 to 33, about the importance of counting the cost uh, before making a commitment. Part of counting the cost includes identifying the potential challenges. When our movement went through a major crisis quite a few years ago, I had to ask myself some serious questions. What lessons do we need to learn? This is the critical step because we can make the mistake of throwing the baby out with the bathwater and reject everything Only when only certain areas needed to be addressed. For the Israelites in Joshua chapter seven, it tells us it was the need to deal with Achan's sin. Attacking and conquering AI was not the problem, nor was taking the promised land. And so it would be a great mistake for them to have quit on the promised land simply because of their failure in AI. But they had to learn, learn from this mistake and set it right before God. I came to the conclusion with our challenge. That the essence of what we were doing was right before God. In fact, I believe that God wants our movement to continue to press on to fulfill the Great Commission. But we have to set our house in order, improve the foundations, the parts that needed repair, so that we can rise up to be stronger and be able to multiply even stronger than before. I believe we can do that. There will be challenges, and not everyone will want those necessary changes and may drop off. But the lesson has helped me tremendously over these many years as we strengthen our movement. Now, the third key I want to share with us is this that also it may be a time to reassess our priorities. You see, to step beyond a setback, we must reassess our priorities. Perhaps We may have some unnecessary or inappropriate priorities. Perhaps we need to recalibrate our priorities. You know, some people make the mistake of thinking that since they should not shrink back, they should not reduce their commitments. Now there's a difference. A difference between shrinking back in faith as compared to reducing over-commitments. With the Apollo flights, which sends the astronauts to the moon, they used a three-stage rocket. At the completion of each stage, the spent rocket stages were jettisoned so that they would avoid carrying excess weight as they furthered their trip to the moon. Too much weight would prevent them from reaching the moon. There is a place to reduce commitments or activities appropriately in order to proceed further in our ministry of calling. And so sometimes we need to shed the old wine skin in order to face the fresh new challenges. Sometimes we need to reassess our priorities anew at different stations of our life, recognizing that there's a different energy levels and the context demands and evolution of our focuses. Perhaps God wants us to press forward in some areas and we should identify activities that we ought to drop because it's holding us back. Why? So that we can consolidate our energy and focus. Now, I've had to face such types and had to make some major decisions before. For example, over two decades ago, God asked me to take on greater responsibilities in our family of churches. But I realized it was only possible if I let go of other commitments, such as my work as a research scientist with CSIRO. So I resigned and went to full-time ministry. We are all face this with these challenges. But most importantly, we need clarity. What does God want me to do? Honour God with our priorities and He will honour you. Fine-tune your priorities with God and the blessings of God will flow more effectively. Now the fourth key I want to share with us is that it could also be a time to renew our commitments. You know sometimes after setbacks, our commitments are shaken. It may become fragile or diluted. The story of Nehemiah, when he was confronted with the sagging commitments after all these continual threats, it set the workers' energy and commitment. So Nehemiah went into action. The Bible tells us in Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 14-15, it says, After I looked things over, I stood up. And say to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome. And fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. And when our enemies heard that we were aware of their plot, and that God had frustrated it, we returned to the wall, and each to his own work. So Nehemiah, he refocused the people unto God and upon the critical importance of their task. This lifted their commitment once more. At times, it is necessary to renew commitments to God, to one another, to the task ahead, and so forth. It is good to restate why we are doing what we are doing. Over a decade ago, when our movement faced a major crisis, which I alluded earlier, we realized we had to refocus and renew our commitment to our mission and our values. Our leadership, we restated and reinforced our core values to give clarity about who we are and what we are about. I personally sought God and renewed my personal commitment to God and His church and His kingdom, even to our mission and core values. That helped me and it helped us tremendously. Let me go on. The fifth and last point I want to say is this, that perhaps it's also a season to give us a time to again to step forth in faith. In 1 Samuel chapter 30, when we see the story of David and his men at Ziklag, they rose up and they went after the Amalekites to save their families from uh, these Amalekites after they had some time consulting God. They stepped out in faith. As a result, they were able to overcome the Amalekites and rescue all their families and goods. And more than that, they also plundered the Amalekites and gained more than they had at the beginning. Wow. As a result, David was able to send portions of the plunder to various elders of the tribe of Judah, who were his friends and and others as well. The setback became a gain to reinforce David's leadership and his links with the elders in Judah and beyond. Now, the devil wants to crush our faith with setbacks, uh, but we should regroup and step out even stronger. David stepped out and returned even stronger. In God, setbacks may become the door to greater success if we look to God and step out in faith. So let me conclude by saying, setbacks happen to all of us, yet godly leaders should view setbacks as an opportunity for us to regroup and find deeper strength in God, to to learn the critical lessons, to become leaner and more focused to get our priorities better aligned with God's, to renew our commitments, to step out in faith as the Lord leads, we can bounce back from setbacks and move forward stronger. Amen. May God bless you as you face the challenges of setbacks and may you move forward in God. God bless you. We trust you've been blessed by the word today. Do visit www.wilsonlyling.com for more messages and teachings. For the latest news and updates, follow Facebook and Instagram, wilson.lyling.